all over the U.S. So I grew up in Virginia, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Um, I've spent a good a good chunk of my time in Utah. Okay. Well, nice. What part? Um, it depends. So Kaysville is <laughs> my favorite. One of my favorite locations, yeah. Kaysville. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Salt Lake City, um, going to school there. Mm-hmm. Currently, I live in Bluffdale. So down close to Draper for those who are familiar yeah. with Utah. Yep. Guy Draper. Oh, no, <laughs> I didn't remember Bluffdale, um, but that's that's awesome. Beautiful area. And you you have kids, uh, family. What's family look like? I do. So I have um, two daughters. So Olivia and Scarlett. Uh, Olivia is 14 and Scarlett is 11 or 12. I think she just turned 12 <laughs> just recently. So oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. We, uh, we're, we, we started around the exact same time, um, on that track path. My, my kids are 12, 10, eight and three. Um, nice. so, uh, that's, uh, I'm sure our, our 12 year olds would, would wreak havoc on the world in, in the best I'm of sure. ways. They're going to uh, change the world one day for the better. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. My, uh, my family, I, uh, I got married later in life. So they're actually step girl or stepdaughters. So, uh, that's awesome. I, but anyway, you didn't. Yeah, I love how you, you know, you uh, you step fully into that as a stepchild myself um, to have heard my my uh, step parents on both sides. Talk with that level of confidence about me would have been a world of of, of, of wonderfulness. Um, so I appreciate you for honoring your daughters um, in that way. That's amazing. Um, that's exactly what we're going to be diving into today. Thanks to you is, is creating cultures of love and creativity in our home. And you've got all these business skills as well, uh, to help business owners with their growth and a great background, great school that you went to. So we'll dive into some of that before we dive in, um, what are three of your favorite books and, or, or resources to help visionaries move forward their visions? Uh, first is getting things done by David Allen. Uh, a great book on time management. Um, And then the second one is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It's like, oh my goodness, both of those are life-changing, especially if you read them more than three times. (laughs) I know I told you we'd go fast on this section, but you just mentioned a book that I think you'll dig this a lot. Oh, nice. That's awesome. It's a little... uh, it's an OG lead magnet is <laughs> what it is. This is from 1936. No way. How did you get your hands on that? My mom, uh, her first husband, uh, rest in peace. He died in a plane crash when she was 28. She had, they had five little girls. Um, and that was obviously before my time. My dad came into the picture, but he was part of a sales, a, a car sales team. Um, and either, I don't know if Dale came out in person and did the training or if a representative of his company did, but this was his. Um, so this is one of my little sacred lead magnets that I love to keep around me. That is awesome. And I'd love to get in like an, an original <laughs> like guide from, from, uh, from him. That'd be so cool. Um, yep. And then my third book would be Atomic Habits. Mm. Originally, I would say um, the power of habit, but atomic habits is more impactful. I'd definitely say read both if you're looking to really improve 
uh, your habits, but atomic habits. Forget. I love that. We're on the same vibe right now because last week I went to YouTube to do another uh, a revisit of atomic habits. Um, you know, and grabbed one of those tutorial links and was listening to uh, the the author speak on stage about it. Um, oh, so. Cool. It's, you know, making sure you're always leveling up, right? And seeing how do we, how do we instill these principles deep into ourselves? How do we teach our team members about mm -hmm. these principles as well? Visionaries, lots of opportunities, fantastic resources. Jason, uh, we'll bring you right back on uh, as we dive into the official portion of the show. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up, Vision Pros? Welcome into another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. I am honored and excited to have Jason T. Rogers on the show today. Um, and I don't have the words to describe the importance of the alignment for me with this show and episode. Um, for business owners, yes, Jason does have a whole bag of not tricks, principles um, that I see that he follows for the sake of driving growth. Um, principally driven people usually have an amazing ability to drive productivity and profitability beyond the tactics, beyond the fads, beyond the shiny ball syndromes that are so easy to distract us in today's economy, in today's world, or lack of economy, maybe, um, depending on how strong you feel about the reality of, of life and situations. Um, so it's important to know that those dynamics absolutely exist. Today's focus, though, will be on making sure that not only do we cultivate fantastic businesses, but also a culture of love and creativity in our homes. We can have our cake and eat it, too. Um, and that's what we're, we're going to be focused on today is, is, is a vision of that, um, in addition to, of course, being awesome in business. Um, so before we bring Jason on stage, though, I want to talk about these sponsors. Sean Lechuga of the Wellness Shop 365 also has uh, the same type of feeling. He wants to help people really achieve what he calls integrative nutrition um, and wellness. And what really struck me was he's taken the naturopath and gone even further with it, where it's not just about working out. It's not just about exercise, supplements and nutrition, but he's actually got this assessment that evaluates joy, spirituality, creativity your career, your education, your relationships, social life, you know, all home environment. Um, and that really struck me. I was like, wow, like this is an amazing vision. And can his designs improve for his website? Just like mine can, um, you know, just like every company out there can improve. What's key to me is the core of that vision. The way he shows up as a family man, it's been awesome to get to know Sean over the last six months. He's become one of my best friends. He's become the type of person where I'm considering bringing him in as a business partner on, on one of my, my major ventures, First Class Business. And he's also involved in our pre-shows at Vision Pros Live at this point. Um, so if you get the chance to get to know Sean um, and you're in a position where you want to, you, you, you have a need or a desire to become more healthy, then he might be one of your key resources. Then there's Melissa Gray of The Lost Spot. TheLawSpot.com. <clears throat> when I, I had the chance to bring her on the show, I was a little bit nervous because lawyers and I don't tend to get along. I'm not, they're not very touchy feely most of the time. Um, they're not much into nurturing. She is the exact opposite. She is a nurturer with the strength of an attorney um, who also understands that legal does not have to be overcomplicated. In fact, it can be simplified. Um, so she's bridging this gap between 
uh, what I see in the world where young entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, you know, we dive into things like legal zoom or crocodile and we get our templates set up. Um, and great. That's awesome. That's, that's a helpful start. But in order to be wise stewards of our ventures, in order to have ourselves protected from the realities that exist in the world, um, especially as you scale and grow and become notable, um, you're going to run across occasions where there's cease and desists or there's demand letters or there's somebody who's trying to sue you. Um, workers comp situations, it's inevitable when you're growing to not have growing pains that occur. What's most painful I found is when you're caught blindsided by that and you have to hire an attorney last minute and you didn't have somebody on legal counsel. 95% of the companies that I've worked with did not have somebody on legal counsel while I was with them. And that is scary. Um, in addition to that, the 5% that do, and I'm making these statistics up, um, by the way, but I'm pretty darn confident with the few thousand businesses that I've worked with that that was the case. And in the case where I saw them getting these problems, they usually hired somebody last minute on a retainer that was far, far overpriced. Um, and somebody who didn't necessarily have their, their uh, best um, their needs at heart. And when you're an attorney in a city like San Antonio of over 1 million people and demand is in your favor, how can you slow down and take the time um, for, for people? Uh, that's at least how I see most attorneys view the situation. So it's far better to find somebody early. I'm not saying, hey, Melissa is your guarantee and the only person. She's something that you, somebody you should definitely have considered um, in your pocketbook when you are looking at it. And you can go catch her interview and see for yourself um, what you think of her. Then there's the water project. I'm missing my water bottle right next to me right now, but how cool and how amazing, how miraculous is that, that we do have access to clean drinking water every day. I can walk 10 yards and go get it. These children, these families, they have, there's millions of people in the world who don't have access to that. And that's something I don't let myself forget. I want to remember this. I want to make a big impact on helping with this. And sometimes that impact comes in the form of sharing the experience for others. In this case, the water project does an excellent job of showing us which communities need help, how many people are going to receive the help. And when I look at this picture, these kids are celebrating water more than my children celebrate their Christmas presents these days. And that hits me and makes me realize, wow, I can do more to inspire others to get back to this. I can do more to give back to this myself as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I won't stop. Um, you know, it's going to be a big part of, of what I do now. If you're in a position to give back, awesome. If you're in a position to share it, please do. If you have another project that's on your mind and on your heart, um, and you're like, man, why doesn't he talk about this cause? Drop it in the comments. Give us a chance to talk about it. Give us a chance to look and see if we can contribute. There's 8 billion people in this world that we can combine forces and help if we're willing to. Um, and if we just take the time to, to make, make great things happen. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Jason T. Rogers on to uh, onto the set. And as I get ready to do that, I want to showcase his website first. Um, so the simplification in his website, the, the genuine smile that I see in this picture, um, those things really, really stand out to me as a business owner who's constantly looking for new people to be part of my team, new vendors, new strategic partners, et cetera. You know, doing what you love, being able to focus on that, simplify the rest. Um, understanding that we don't have to waste time, understanding how business can be simplified and there's systems and there's marketing, there's tech solutions that all go into that. I mean, it is so clear um, how precise he is about, about what he does that it's not hard for me to honor him, even though I just met him and the way he's gone through our process, he's respected our team to be able to get on this stage. All of those aspects 
or things that I evaluate as a business owner um, in order to assess are, am I finding people whom I want to work with long-term or not? And uh, Jason exemplifies an individual who has put a whole lot of time, effort, and heart and soul mind into what he does as a businessman. So Jason, thanks for joining me on Vision Pros Life. Thanks for having me. It's great to be Absolutely. here. Absolutely, man. So we'll dive right in. What is your vision for the people that you serve? Um, my vision. I want to help people achieve their dreams. Like that, that is my ultimate goal. Um, so I have all these different skill sets and each of those skill sets just help me to help others achieve their dreams and together we can build a better world. That's, that's my ultimate goal. Like the old, like the big scheme of it all. I love it. So you are like Liam Neeson in Taken, um, but you're like the positive version of it. Um, that's fun. Yeah. You got these skill sets um, <laughs> that you can utilize to accomplish that with. Fantastic. Uh, what's your vision for you? What do you see for yourself on the horizon? Um, my ultimate vision. So I love talking like goals and dreams and stuff. So I always think big, right? So I'm a big dreamer. Um, and it, overall, the best way to put it is like, I invite joy into my life and the life of those around me by the things I think, the words I say, and the things I do, right? Um, and, and my way of expressing that is building creative communities. Like I love building communities that inspire creativity and, and everything. Um, and I do that in two, three, three ways. So I run a marketing company called Gateway Gears. We help our clients um, with researching their market, understanding who it is, and then putting together the entire like strategy behind how we're going to reach that audience and, and invite them into accepting their services. Um, the second thing I do is um, filmmaking. So I, I work as a line producer for a film production company called Combi Productions. Um, and in the summer, we make full-length films. So we finished uh, our third film last year. And they're not like huge budget films. You're looking, our last one was about $200,000 for the budget. So it's not like ginormous, but they're, they're a lot of fun to do. Um, yeah. And then the third thing I do is I love teaching social skills. Like that was one thing in college I struggled with the most was really understanding how social interactions work. Um, mm. And and if you don't have the right social skills, it's almost impossible to achieve any dream. So it's like, it's crucial that people know how to develop healthy relationships and communicate clearly and feel confident in a room. And that's, um, and those are the three things I do to build creative communities and invite joy into people's lives. That's amazing. Um, and uh, I've, I appreciate the clarity, the the understanding of, of how those components all connect as well to communities. Um, and one one secret power that I learned through a TED talk called "Everything That We Know About Addiction Is Wrong." Um, yeah. he, he taught you. You read it, okay? I love that, that one. Yeah. The, that's oh my great gosh! One. And he talks about how the secret, the core secret of overcoming. Uh, our addictions, whether your addiction is Netflix or TikTok, you know, or happens to be music 
um, or chocolate mm-hmm. or pornography or cocaine. There's all sorts of different addictions out there. Um, some of them we justify more than others. And we've got the opportunity. He says, if we could help people belong, really belong in society, belong to something, a community, there's a superpower there. Well, that same superpower transitions or rather exists within business as well. And most business owners don't realize that is one of the biggest keys to customer loyalty and keeping people around is knowing how to manage and well, how to inspire, manage and, and build a community. So we'll we'll come back to that thought. Uh, I love that. That was one of my favorite TED Talks, by the way, where he gives the example of these studies with the rats, right? And and how they the rats that had the opportunity to have cocaine but and li- and lived alone in a cage were just like gobbling it up but those who were a part of a group they barely touched the stuff and because of the community that they were a part of it's just like wow it's so yeah. fascinating i actually i forgot about that part i remember the the study on portugal um and how they they don't you know shame and guilt the prisoners um you know but they find a way to get them back on a on a great path so that they can reintegrate in society um mm-hmm. and the success that they've seen in that and that in that country i was going to say país um that country um so when you talked about uh you know teaching social skills um you know as, as entrepreneurs as visionaries we've all got an opportunity to learn so much more about that um you know we we might be the most social butterfly in the world and yet we still have an opportunity to learn um filmmaking 200,000 I would love to link to one of the films in the show notes on the landing page would that be okay yeah sure absolutely okay. so make um, sure to do that I'd love to check that out okay uh where do I put that do I just oh don't it? don't worry we'll do that after um we'll, okay. we'll get it from you right after but yeah I want to make um, sure that we put one of those in there our most popular one right now is called devil's men um and we were hired as the crew to make that one so okay. we weren't in charge of the script. Um, so we were just crew, just to give the heads up. On <laughs> sure, sure. There's always a, a portion of our, you know, yep, I get you. Uh, let's dive into a dark subject. Speaking of devil, um, what's your worst leadership experience ever? Oh, man. The worst is letting people go, like recognizing that they're not a fit in your community or in your, your business community. Um, and they're not performing their best because they, um, I, I, it's just like letting them go. That, that is the hardest thing I, I have to do. And, and honestly, I have no idea if I'm doing it right. And I'd love to learn more. I was like, what's the best way to do that? You know, it's just because I, I love like, not only when it comes to my, my clients of helping them achieve their dreams right but it's also goes same way with my my team and my my uh like everyone on my team it's like they're there because i one of the key questions i ask in interviews is like what's your dream what what are you trying to accomplish and i want to make sure that what we're giving them in and projects is helping them to get closer to what they want to achieve with their life so it's like, so with that opportunity, and then if they, they're not performing well or stuff, it's just, it comes down to the fact that ultimately it just wasn't a good fit, but also they're not clear on their purpose either. Yep. So, and it's just hard to let people go on that. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I'll give my two cents on it if you don't mind. 
Um, I've got some, I think I got some really great secrets uh, learned over loss of people um, and over the pain, painful reality that I, I didn't know how to do this either. Um, and I learned some very valuable lessons along the way of how do I optimize these processes so that I can better take care of the people that I love and care about when things don't work out. Um, you know, and so that, that goes all the way to the home as well of two divorces, um, you know, and, and going through that, you know, that's in addition to having lost many employees along the way. But when I, when I made a, sh a, tr a shift in transition, what's worked for me is one being far more calculated about who I bring in to the company having a combine set up, a, a set of filters, much like the NFL and the NBA, they have certain qualifications to even get to the tryouts. Mm -hmm. And the more filtered that process is, the more people realize, I don't know if I'm cut out for that. I don't know if I want to be a part of that. I don't know if I like that before the relationship even starts. Mm -hmm. um, so think dating, courtship, then engagement, then moving forward to the marriage. When we create a process that helps honor everybody's time, that's step number one. And anybody can go to first class business and attempt to model our hiring process, um, right? It's all there for a very, very solid reason. Two, in addition to that, when people come into our company, there's two resources among many, but the two that are most important that are most overlooked for companies is I've got a passion pro assessment. It's called, it's a passionpro.org. And every employee, every client, clients later than employees, but the employees fill that out right away. And it helps us understand their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It helps them become self-aware of what their passions are. And now we can align the path for what they do with us so that we become a vehicle for helping them get to and accomplish their purpose. And it's amazing how it transfers into an incredible energy of, whoa, I want this vehicle to win because this vehicle is taking me to my destination as they build with us. Three, because of our name, first class business, we never can provide second class service. I did that on purpose. But as, but as part of that, we have to have a first class environment and we have to be dedicated to championship level behaviors, which is not easy to do. There's a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. That's required reading or listening rather for the first week. You've got to listen to that book. And then we've got to teach after they've heard the book the principles of how to recognize the symptoms of dysfunctional teamwork versus functional teamwork. All of that really helps us to where when we do have an offboarding or an exit in the company, my last five or six people who've exited the company exited on great terms. They were excited about that. They were happy about their time here. They moved to these new opportunities where they happen to make more money, which is awesome. And I've been contacted by two of them right before Christmas. I said, Hey man, I really miss it. Can we come back? Um, oh, you know, and, and I said, well, maybe let's look at the path for that too. But it's been a, it's been a, it's been a life changing experience when there's a, there's a clear path forward. Is that helpful? Oh, super helpful. Absolutely. I'm, I'd love to uh, read those resources. So you said they're on your website. Passionpro.org um, is its own project in and of itself with its own grand mission, but we integrate it into our programs and it's, it is a uh, one that I created. And then there's the five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Lencioni. We'll link to it um, as well. Read that one. I, I love that book. I love it. It's amazing. Um, what's your best leadership experience, Jason? Man, um, 2022 it was the we were doing a virtual Christmas party with my team, and uh, my team wanted to 
go around and take a moment, each of them to express how grateful they were to be a part of the company and, and how helpful it was for them to, um, to, to do what they wanted to do with their lives. I mean, it was, it was very touching and, uh, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It's like, yeah, that's, that's why I'm here. <laughs> so I love that. So y'all, y'all made the time, mm -hmm. created the space and the environment for that to take place. Um, and what is that, what did that do for, I guess, the, the culture of the company over the, over the weeks that ensued? Um, it definitely, I, I don't think anything changed per se with the culture of the company. Um, people still worked um, just as hard as they ever they ever do. So, um, but it it definitely helped everyone to feel more, I think, comfortable talking to each other, mm -hmm. and um, and talking to me. I think just because when the people get nervous, you know, especially yeah. my most of my team is in the Philippines and their culture uh, is a little different than here in America, yeah. where they're they they are very respectful uh, yeah. and that and that leans towards has being hesitant in like following up with people and and checking and, and making sure that things are getting done type of thing so absolutely so and I'll, I'll, i'm going to rehearse what you said a little bit for those who are listening one of the things that may be taken for granted on this is what jason's saying is the culture continued um, you know, it didn't change anything about the culture because the culture of alignment, I imagine, already exists. You said people are still showing up and working just as hard as they have been. Um, mm -hmm. Right. So I got to dig backwards in your past and look at that and say, OK, um, you know, how hard do these individuals work for you? Um, you know, and and what motivates? Where does the motive come from? Is it because you're the most tyrannical person ever? Um, and you're slave driving and demanding people to to get their work done and threatening that their job is not going to exist or saying little undercuts like, hey, Jason, you know, if you don't get that done uh, by Friday, um, you're toast, your history here. Um, you know, is, is that how you lead or, or what is what does your leadership look like? And what's the what is hardest work, like super hard working? What does it look like your team's day to day drive? Um, it's more on the lines of um, just following up with them. So it's a matter of, it's a very good question, by the way. I'm just kind of gathering my yeah, thoughts. Sure. Um, it's knowing how to follow up with them um, to make sure that they're, they're clear on the project and their action steps towards that project, making sure that they have all the resources and tools available to them to accomplish that action step. Um, if I'm not seeing any updates, uh, when they re when they record their hours, they also have to tell me what they've been working on, right? Um, and if their entries are vague, then it shows me that they're unclear of what they're actually doing. So then I follow up with them. It's like, so how is this going? Do you have any questions for me? Do you have anything that you're struggling with currently? Um, and my goal is to just always to be there to help them. You know, I'm not there to, to really tell them what to do. Like I provide the vision and the project of like, this is what we're doing for the client. Um, 
And at first I may like be like, this is the next action step. Can you do this? And occasionally I'll do that where something really needs to get done. But for the most part, it's like, this is the ultimate vision. Where would you start next? And I try to help them to kind of brainstorm and coach them through being proactive. So I love that. <clears throat> Visionaries, none of us like being told what to do. None <laughs> of us. Um, you know, I don't think you'd probably do either, um, you know, if you're listening in. And that's what I love that Jason's referring to is, you know, you know, and you might think like, well, how do I make them do what they're going to do? You know what they're supposed to do if i don't tell them what to do and well again that there's a fallacy in that mindset um i don't make my employees do anything uh, you know i don't tell them what to do i find people who are excited to do what needs to be done that want to contribute i invite them and facilitate an opportunity as jason does and then as you said we, we nurture them forward with with how things can get done so right. i just hired Go ahead. I try to help them define. So the really one of the key principles is defining their role. It's like, yeah. this is this is the role you play in the company. And with that role, these are these are your typical daily action steps. But that's those are there just to help, like, keep things okay. rolling. But but as your role, you want to be thinking about these things and looking for opportunities to serve in these areas and yeah. take action on those when you see those opportunities. I'll give a tangible example that we're living through right now. We just, I just hired an executive assistant in the Philippines. Her name's Ange. She is phenomenal. Um, and two weeks ago, she started. I had 4,500 emails in my inbox. Um, and these emails in my inbox, I mean, these were priorities that have just gotten buried over two to three years. Um, and I'm pretty good at filtering and, and moving, but we get 100, 200 emails per day um, in, in my inbox. And so I, I don't, I miss a lot of very important things too, uh, today. And so we did a lot of training in the process of, of how things work, but I'm now at inbox 32. Nice. Down from 4,500. We have, I've vetted, assessed, audited to make sure that as we move on, she's doing the right things. The mistakes have been super minimal. Um, we've co-trained on, on how my style works. She has time to read my past emails as well and study. How do I respond to people? How can she pick that up? She inserts her name on most emails, letting people know that she's taken over my inbox, um, you know, and owns that. And it took a lot of, of empathetic training to help her realize she was safe to do that. And in our first interview, she was, she was crying emotionally that like, I've never been treated with this much respect um, by somebody I've worked with. Um, and the last person who was working with her uh, was paying her, a very, very low wage. Um, and I don't want to reveal that for Angie's sake. Um, but then they said, I, I found that other people in the Philippines make half this amount. And I don't think your work is very good. I can't pay you what, what you want. I'm talking an extremely low wage, lower than anything I've ever heard of in the Philippines. Um, and I was like, wow, like the amount of disrespect, um, that, that occurs again, versus the opposite. So if you're, and I've got 42 drafts in my inbox because she drafts most of my emails for me so that I can just come in with a clear head and hammer out the little details that I need to finish to get back to people as efficiently as possible. And 
she tells me every day, she says, Jackson, make sure you're looking at the drafts, make sure you're looking at the drafts, you know, and she's gotten that confidence to know that she can talk to me. So last night we did training on sales. That's awesome. I mean, that's, oh. that's been such a challenge when it comes to working with someone with the, my, with the Philippine Pino, because they, it's really challenging for them to follow up. And that's awesome yes. that you've been able to help her get comfortable to be like, be persistent, push back on and. Yeah. And there it is that it's that passive submissive, you know, reality that they've, again, they've, if they haven't been safe in the past doing that with people and they've been fired for, for being forthright, then you learn, you know, you don't want to get slapped on the hand. You know, mm -hmm. you don't want to be, you don't want to be, you know, have your job taken away. Um, so it's, there is a retraining that occurs there that, that can be done. And she, so she loves like every day I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? One to 10. 10, you're absolutely loving it here. One, she's like, I'm a hundred. Um, and I'm like, let's keep it there. Um, and let's do what we can. So last night we trained on, I, I went to an event and all these people need to be followed up with right away. And we've never done that together. So mm -hmm. I called her up after seeing all the materials and she'd gotten some things ready, but she's so excited about what we're doing. Now she's creating these long emails, trying to teach people, like trying to sell people what we're doing. I'm like, okay, let's <laughs> talk about sales. So I was like, so we trained on clarity brevity and open-ended questions um and paying attention to people's linkedin profiles and how do you show people that you really care about them right we did that one training took about an hour for us to role play back and forth and her entire approach to email and correspondence and helping people has transformed she'll never talk to people the same way again um because of that one hour of training so you, I mean, you led me to it, um, but, and it's, again, I, I see that you're doing the same type of thing with your team. What I'd like to dive into, Jason, is if this was your last chance to share a powerful lesson with visionaries about, you know, their experience from your own experience, what, what's the lesson you would share? If you can't do it alone, like no matter what you're trying to accomplish, nine out of 10, you won't be able to do it alone. So you need to be able to learn how to communicate what you need and and trust the people on your team to accomplish what what needs to be done for for that ultimate vision or dream and and that that vision and dream really needs to be in, impactful enough that it it helps more than 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 you you know if that makes any sense it's oh like, it makes so much sense so. it makes so much sense. i mean that to me it, this, this is Christian philosophy and many other religions say, well, that's our philosophy too. And you bet it is. I believe that. But speaking from the context of what I know to support what you're saying, um, and I, I love it that you can't do it alone. That's the grand paradox of our relationship with God um, is that one, we have to find our relationship with him alone um, like and, and do that. He is the one that we need. Um, you know, the rest we do not need for the sake of, you know, them serving us, but we're supposed to be there for them. Mm -hmm. um, right. We're supposed to facilitate greatness, goodness, opportunities, virtues for others. Um, and so when we, when we mess that formula up and we start to need other people, um, you know, and, and say, you know, I need you to do X, Y, or Z. No, they're not our savior. You know, that person's just another human being with their own struggles in life. And, but if we serve them, and help them see that we've got a vision correlated with our ultimate destiny um, and our ultimate destination, then it's amazing how they all of a sudden gravitate towards, hey, cool, I'm kind of headed that way too. Why don't we do this together? 
And it, there's like this belonging that occurs in that process. So I'm glad you said that. that. That's the ultimate goal is belonging. Like everyone in the world wants to belong somewhere. And, and that's, uh, and, and when it comes to leadership and, and following both of those, um, it's all about understanding each other and really accepting and um, each, each part that we play and, and respecting each part we play, you know? So yeah. I, I also want to touch on the other side of, of like, like, you can't do it alone, but if you're, if you're serving someone, which as a business owner, you're serving your, your um, clients, right? But you're also yeah. serving your team, um, your team. The, uh, I once, I, I'm going to share the story and then come back to what I'm, the point I'm trying to make. So mm-hmm. a few years back, I was a medical aide for someone who was paraplegic. Um, I was, uh, wow. their assistant for like two years. Um, and we were, uh, there's a lot involved in being a medical aide. No uh, legs or no arms. Um, he could not move his, basically he couldn't move anything from this far down chest down so, okay so he could ha- he had some movement in, in his arms he could get up to like here he had no movement in his his hands he couldn't wow. move his wrist so like this and we were out working in his garden and i had an idea of how gardens are supposed to be done right because yeah. i've i've ran i've i've managed my dad's garden for years um so we were kind of hitting heads in a sense where mm-hmm. he's like, I want it done this way. And then I was like, but that's, that's not the right way or something like that. <laughs> and yeah. in my mind, that's what I was thinking. And he's like, he's like, Jason, he, he finally was like, Jason, I cannot do it myself. You are literally my hands. And I would like you to do it my way because this is my garden. And it finally clicked in my brain. And that moment, it's like, wow, okay. I will do it exactly the way you want now. Because I now understand that wow. I am your hands. How liberating it, for him. It was, right? And it was also liberating to me, too. Yes. It, it allowed me to, it, it was very humbling for me. But in a really good way. A really healthy way. Yeah. Because it helped me from that point on to understand that when I'm working with a client, or, or even when I'm working with my team, I'm, I'm their hands. I'm, I'm helping them in a way that, that they cannot help themselves at that moment, you know? And but yes. also, also, if we're thinking at bigger scale, we're that way with God. I mean, there's this, there's a statue in, in Europe somewhere that was destroyed during the war, a Jesus statue that's like standing there. And when they were putting it back together, they couldn't find the hands. So they, they put a plaque underneath there and they were like, basically the plaque says, you are, you are my hands, you know, type of thing. And anyway, it was, wow. It was a very impactful moment that's, for me. That's powerful. Oh, that's, that's really powerful. It reminds me of a movie that I saw. That's one of my favorite movies. Um, and it's called the untouchables, uh, upside, uh, the upside. It's a French movie. And it's about uh, this gentleman yes. who was a criminal that then takes care of this guy and and uh, their their story of conflict and and bonding and uh, man that's that's amazing that you got to learn from that experience. Um, 
So let's dive into um, culture of love, creativity into our homes. Um, we got we got two very different paradigms um, and perspectives on on how uh, dynamics or family. I'd love to hear from you as far. So one, how long have you been married for? Three years. Three years. Okay. Um, so, you know, you, you feel free to talk about family in the past as well. Don't let me box you in. Where do you want to go with this part of the conversation as we talk about culture of love, creating creativity in the home and in our everyday lives? That's a very good question. Um, hmm. Maybe what's we can the best start with how I found my wife. Let's do that. But yeah. that's so. Yeah. But I mean, I, other people who aren't married yet, like that, you know, they might, they might really benefit from this idea of, okay, how do I find that from the get go? Um, right. So, yeah. So when in 2000, I think it was 2011, 2010 or 11, I had this dream of my wife actually. Um, and we, I was just waking up in bed and she was sleeping next to me and I snuck out of bed, brushed my teeth and snuck back into bed and she started to roll over and she looks, she rolls over and that's when I see her face for the first time in the dream. I'm like, oh my goodness, she is gorgeous. And I smile and I come in and I give her a small little peck on the lips and she then like, I, have you ever heard of the like yes ending situation where... Uh, yeah, maybe. It's an improv term. So okay. an improv, when someone does something, you yes and it type of thing, right? Anyway, okay. so she, she, she comes into that kiss with so much passion that it, it was like this moment where I realized she, this beautiful woman, loves me for who I am, for exactly who I am. And, mm. um, and when I woke up from that dream, I was just like, oh, wow that is that's the love i want i want and and i realized that i didn't need to be anything different than who i was to find her and wow. i just need to be patient um and it's like 10 years later i find her after like backpacking around the world looking for her um the i i put together i'm i'm marketing right so i put together this marketing campaign for myself it's like hey i'm and <laughs> i'm single and i ran it on youtube i uh, oh wow by the end i was on like four different dating apps paying for two of them just going down like and I, I had perfected the whole process just to just to find her right uh, wow and oh ultimately yeah i found her but but along that way it it was in the very beginning it was like I needed to be confident in myself and who I am and accept myself for who I am, ultimately, flaws and all. And, and, and for the relationship to really blossom and to grow. And anyway. Dude, that that's so cool. That's, there's, there's an old movie, actually, with the Olsen twins um, where they did that for their father, um, a single father, and they put a billboard up <laughs> for oh, him. Wow. Um, so it's cheesy cute. movie, of course, but it was, it was definitely cute. Um, that's, that's too funny. And, you know, we, you know, not, I'm a big believer in the, in the scripture, the quote, you know, knock and ye shall and the door shall be open, you know, ask and he shall receive, right? Well, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, typically what we ask for, we do end up 
eventually cultivating getting um, and whether for good or for bad. Um, so on my side of things, you know, I'm, I'm twice divorced and both of them painful, painful losses, not the circumstance that I wanted to go through in, in either in either case. Um, and certainly my ultimate intent for culture, love, creativity, um, and having the home that I want, I want to honor the, the two mothers and my children. Um, you know, that's something that I want my kids to know that I do love and respect them for who they are, um, you know, in spite of our challenges. And the second divorce led me to realize too, though, um, you know what, for now, I'm married to the idea of my, of my children, right? I am good where I'm at, and I need to focus on my life with them and not worry about, about overly act like seeking my next, uh, my next spouse, if I have one. Um, but your idea of patience, the fact that you went through that for 10 years for the first go round, like I, I applaud you for having the discipline to want to know yourself, um, you know, to want to know how to go about that. Not that it's the path for everybody. I'm grateful for my path, but what, what are some of the, I guess the internal principles of virtue that allowed you to, to, to do that? Um, that, you know, that, that felt right about going that route when, especially when you come from an LDS culture where everybody gets married, it seems like everybody gets married at 20 years old. Yeah, they do. They get married very young. Um, I, I think your question is, is what, um, what kept me going or, or it's like for waiting for her for 10 years versus just finding someone who works. Is that the question? Yeah. I mean, what, what sustained you through all that? Um, that initial feeling in the dream where this person really loved me for who I was. Um, and, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, that, that makes perfect sense that I, I, I almost forgot that. And that was such a powerful, I was like, wow, like you got, you got unlocked something that I didn't learn until, uh, until, until during the, my first divorce that I still didn't know how to realize going into my second. But after my second was ending, I realized I had this strange vision reality while talking to a, a former business partner of mine, Dean Forbes. And I said, dude, I, I we're like elements on the periodic table. And you and I are like the polarizing ones that if we create, if we connect with certain elements, it's like, bam, you know, and it doesn't go well, um, you know, but we've got to figure out what are the elements out there that can appreciate us for who we are, where we're at, that creates a safe environment, um, you know, and, and that's, you know, when I say safe environment, non-toxic environments, right. Environment where and you've got I'd also add to it where yeah. it's in that process it is also important to know how I can love her. I can like for who she is, you yeah. know? Right. And so when, when we were still dating, um, we had our first like official fight, you know, it was a fight where it could have broken up the whole relationship. Um, and the next day I was like, I'd like to, I would like to go to therapy together, a couple's therapy, um, because I wanted to, I, one, I wanted to see if she was open to, right to self-improvement and, and what was her, what was her purpose? Like, what was her reason for self-improvement? Right. Was mm -hmm. it for the relationship? Was it for me? Was it for herself? You know, like, 
Um, and for me, like I am, I'm, I'm an open book and I, I, I know for a fact that there are quirks about me and, and weaknesses about me that I can't see. Um, and so if someone's upset with me, uh, I would like them to tell me and let me know and why. Uh, so at least I can be aware of, of that, um, what happened, you know? Right. I, I may not change anything. Uh, mm -hmm. most of the time I do, uh, but uh, because that ultimately is still my decision to make is, is self-improvement right. because I need to, I need to make changes for me. Um, mm -hmm. because if I, if it, I'm, if I'm making those changes for anyone else, um, uh, they're not going to stick. And the same thing in, in the relationship. So when we, if she was completely open to the idea of going to couples therapy, which was like awesome. Um, and her reasoning at the end of like, after we went, I think it was like a, a couple of months or so um, of like, okay, I see where we went wrong here. Um, I want to improve myself for me as well. I was like, okay, cool. It's not about the relationship. It's about her, which is perfect because that's, that's what, what you want. You want her to be able to be self-reflective and, and wanting to self-improve right. for her as well um, because that sticks. Um, right. The, yeah, I, yeah. I love that. That's, that's um, one of the big reasons why I'm so dedicated to the passionpro.org project that I created. Um, you know, like I, I didn't create that because I'm like God's gift to the world of, you know, Oracle knowledge. That's not the point. I just learned as a, at a young age to ask questions of people to get to know them extremely sincerely. And I started to see that my questions would mold people's direction and purpose into a, a new purpose. Um, one of the final questions in the form being, what do you want to be remembered for? Um, and that's a fine question to ask, but when out without the context of what are somebody's passions? What do they want to do with their time now? Um, you know, what re what would their life change? Like, what would their life look like if they had a hundred million dollars? What would they do with their time then? What are your strengths and weaknesses? There's a whole, there's a whole process of getting ourselves into a position to where truly thinking about our best vision, um, mm -hmm. you know, of what we want to become at which point that question of what I, what do I want to be remembered for becomes far more valuable to our own personal situations. Um, and when you have two people, you know, that are trying to form a life together, if one is, you know, you don't always have the Nolan Ryan story. I'm watching that documentary right now. Uh, and that's Nolan Ryan is, you know, um, becomes this Hall of Fame baseball player. Um, and his wife, um, you know, didn't have any concept of what a life like that could look like. Her resilience, loyalty, et cetera, allowed them to, you know, they, they both found a way to find their way together. I don't know how they did it. I'm not saying passion pro is the only way to do it. Obviously for centuries, people have figured this out, but if two people do not share a purpose of drive, then it becomes, it can very much become a divide in the relationship. And so how do you, how do you inspire your loved one to have the same drive as you? I don't pretend to have that answer, but I do, I would invite you to explore the value of that for the sake of your right. families. I would say it's not about having the same drive. What is it about? I, I would say it's about 
accepting their drive and where they are because they if both ways right yeah, that's that that's the challenge is that i'm referring to but I, I like that equally yoked it does not mean we both have to run five miles today um, yes. right so good right. Well, well said go ahead that's right and and it's also understanding um like to make a relationship work uh, especially a, a romantic relationship and and now i've only been married for three years yeah uh, so like, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. I I did study so much and like in those 10 years and yeah. still today about relationships and how relationships work, how to build them, how to cultivate, how to love. Like one of the best books out there is the five love languages. Another one is um is understanding personality traits. And um uh, I love the book The Body Keeps the Score for like giving giving you the language to communicate um what you're feeling you know the uh, and understanding how people react to different traumas that have happened in their life uh, yeah. because the ultimate thing that's going to get in your in the way of your relationship is a trauma that happened in the past and that's still recurring today that's preventing you from seeing them and loving them for who they are and and loving them the way they want to be loved yeah. So well and, said. Yeah. I'd add a book to that um, exact same thought process, and that's Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. Um, mm. And it's a powerful book on overcoming traumas as well. Um, and a, I would say with, with a healthy with a healthy direction for it, um, you know, there's dealing with overcoming depth like that. You can drown in the depth that you dive into, um, but you can also explore depth with safety measures. Um, so. Uh, Jason, thank you for for diving into the depths of who you are as a human being. Uh, also, um, those who are listening in again, Jason's a fractional chief marketing officer um, who's got superpowers in hiring, as as I've seen in this interview. Um, if you are just catching this, definitely go back and and take a listen to how this story unfolded. Um, if you have any questions for us about uh, you know what Jason does and and how the business works or you have business needs feel free to drop those in the comments we'll make sure that he receives those if you have perspectives of your own regarding love creativity homes everyday life activities definitely let us know in the comments um we're both sponges of of knowledge like we're still trying to learn and figure out this path ourselves as we build our lives um and, and strive to keep what's most important you know to us front and center which is i think a constant challenge we all face Vision Pros, also, we'd love to see you subscribe. We'd love to see you share this message with other people. And if you have a vision you'd like to share on this stage, then click on the button that says, be our guest, apply. And we look forward to, to getting here, your, your wholesome visions. Um, and and we, uh, let's see here, Charles, can you join? Oh man, I missed I missed his message on that. Well, Charles, you can uh, definitely join us, um, you know, on the the next episode, or of course, um, apply to to share your vision, man. And I'd be happy to look at your perspective and and see if it's also something that we should do a full episode on. Um, but I, I'm honored by the fact that you wanted to jump in, so I appreciate that. We have a fantastic rest of your day, Jason. Anything else you want to share before we wrap up? Um. When it comes to relationships, I, like, I wish I had my wife here to kind of like help confirm that that what 
what I'm saying is is helpful sure. for her, <laughs> you know, because <'Cause laughs> she, uh, she's the one where where having her here would really help to be like, yes, he's he's doing it right because <laughs> she, does, sure. she does say thank you. Like one of one of the things that I always strive to do is is check in every night to make sure that she's seen that she's she feels seen that she feels loved, um, and and if she doesn't what are different things I can do next, uh, either that night as we are finishing the night or the next day to make sure that she is loved, you know, make sure that she knows she is loved and supported. So, and that's profound dedication. And and what's, what's great is by doing that, sorry, I'll finish up just 10 seconds left. Uh, by doing that, she, it also inspires her to do the same for me. So, yeah. and, and, and yes. that's, that's important. It goes both ways. I love, I love that. I learned in uh, Feelings Buried Alive Never Die, namaste, aloha, means my soul honors your soul. We're perfect as we are. Change is also perfect. And appreciate you exemplifying that, Jason, uh, for sharing so much wisdom with us. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building out your vision and becoming a Vision Pro yourself.